You're listening to the Back Porch Talk Podcast. Danny and Jason had many discussions and debates on the back porch while making pivotal investment moves with assets. That's right, with trading cards. They welcome you to the back porch and right into those discussions about current sports news with a fresh and unique twist. So come on and join us. Welcome to the Back Porch Talk Podcast. I'm your co-host, Jason. This is your co-host, Danny. Fans, we got a full short for you today. We're going to talk about the NBA. Uh, obviously, the playoffs are upon us. Uh, and then we're going to a little bit of Formula One. Uh, the Miami Grand Prix uh, happened this past weekend, and definitely wanted to chat about that. But first, let's talk about NBA news. That being Coach Bud getting fired from the Milwaukee Bucks uh, happened uh, a couple of days ago. Uh, we didn't know, me personally, I didn't know if the Bucks were going to pull the trigger on this. Uh, on the heels of learning that Coach Bud's uh, brother uh, had passed away in a car accident. Uh, and so just didn't know how the Bucks were going to really play this, whether they were going to pull the trigger on it uh, or just let it go for another season, see how the beginning of the season goes, et cetera. Uh, but they pulled the trigger, man. They're like, no, nah, we're gonna have to go ahead and move forward uh, with with this firing, and don't wish uh, any firing upon anybody. Uh, Coach Bud has been there for five years. I uh, think maybe the Bucks needed a new voice. Uh, I think this is on the heels of some bad coaching moves or non moves that Coach uh, Bud had done uh, or made. Uh, past couple games in the playoffs. But when you're in number one seed and you get bounced in the first round of the playoffs in five games, something's got to be done. Some major changes have got to happen. Yes, you won the championship a few years ago, but since then you've been bounced in the second round, bounced in the first round. I mean, something's got to change. You started to kind of regress there. Uh, you don't want to go into any further uh, regression. So uh, I would say it may have been time, even when the Bucks won a championship, there were some questionable coaching moves, non-moves that Coach Bud made or didn't make. And what reason why I keep saying he didn't make, Coach Bud doesn't like to make adjustments mm-hmm. and didn't make any adjustments in this series in particular, letting uh, Jimmy Butler just go ham. And so uh, no double team, uh, telling Giannis to go ahead and, and guard him. Just wasn't, you know, adjustments. And so uh, it's time for a change, man. Uh, it, it's going to be interesting to see who the Bucks get for uh, their new coach. Uh, don't know. Um, I would say Nick Nurse. His name has come up. I told the fellas, Danny, I'm not necessarily a huge fan of Nick Nurse mm-hmm. and his coaching style. The only reason for that is because Serrano has traditionally gotten uh, forwards. They um, just seemed like there hasn't has been, uh, what can I say, a lot of progression there from for Toronto. Um, granted, it may not be Nick Nurse's fault for coach the coaching aspect of those forwards, 
but at the same token, I, is this something in me that just does not feel Nick Nurse as a coach for the Milwaukee Bucks? Can't remember the last time they had a true center. Maybe it was Serge during the championship, their championship run, maybe. That was, what, three, four years ago now? I just don't know about Nick Nurse, Danny. But Coach Bud is no longer the coach. Uh, we'll see what who the Bucks, you know, target here. Um, whether it's Charles Lee, who's rumored to uh, have interest from the Detroit Pistons. Um, I wouldn't mind Kenny Atkinson, uh, the assistant coach for the uh, Warriors, who used to coach the uh, Brooklyn Nets before Kyrie and KD got there. Uh, I thought the Brooklyn Nets did very well, actually. Um, so I'm wondering who the next coach is going to be. What say you, Danny, about Coach Bud no longer being the coach? Jason, Coach Bud has been on the hot seat ever since we've known him <laughs> in <laughs> Milwaukee. In that championship run, if you remember, every round was like, if they lose, Coach Bud mm -hmm. is going to be fired. Mm-hmm. And they persevered and actually won the championship. And then Coach Bud just had some bad luck. So you look at last year when Middleton got hurt, he didn't have Middleton against Boston. And then this year, Giannis gets hurt. And so that kind of turned this series around a little bit with Giannis getting injured and they couldn't respond. I'm very interested to see who the Bucks bring in. A guy I was thinking of was Ty Lue. Yeah, and Ty Lue is someone with all the stuff he's dealing with in L.A. He's someone, though, that has dealt with superstars. He's mm -hmm. coached superstars. He's coached LeBron. He's coaching Kawhi, uh, Paul George. So and he's had to make adjustments at all the time, mm -hmm. dealing with load management and injuries. So he's one who's been I think he would be someone interest interesting to bring in mm -hmm. if they're mm -hmm. thinking of someone who's has some coaching experience they may go a whole different route we don't know that's why it's very intriguing because the bucks team is already built and ready to go right now mm -hmm. uh, but the other thing of note is with these free agents and the coach coming in what's going to be promised as far as are they going to resign middleton Right. What's the makeup of the team? Because I think that'll impact the coach as well. Because if someone's coming in and like, all right, I got Giannis, great. Mm -hmm. I got Drew, great. I got Bobby, great. But if I don't have Middleton, I don't have Brooke Lopez, how does that impact it? I think mm -hmm. it'll be fine because you got Giannis. Yeah, we'll see what happens with the Bucks in their coaching search. But then you're on to these NBA playoffs and where things are getting very interesting especially after last night's win by the Phoenix Suns tying the series two games to two against the uh, Phoenix Suns, excuse me, against the Denver Nuggets. And wow, 129-124, Jokic this went off. 53 points, 11 assists in a loss. Uh, Devin Booker continues to be on fire. Uh, no pun intended with the Suns, but 36 points, six boards, 12 assists. Uh, Devin Booker had... Uh, they go ahead and, and win this game, Danny, and they take they uh, level this series, two games to two, going back to Denver. You had the likes of KD doing what he does uh, with 30, 
had 36 points of his own, 11 rebounds, six assists. I mean, KD and Booker has been, man, on fire. The biggest question has been what about the other teammates, that being on the bench? And Shamit had 19 points. Uh, you had TJ Warren with five points, uh, Landell with eight points, So uh, and uh, Ross with eight points. So the bench playing better at home, but we'll see what they do on the road. What say you, Danny, uh, Danny about the Denver Nuggets, Phoenix Suns? Jason, that game was wild last night, man. <laughs> it was one you could not turn off, I'm telling you. And the other thing, too, is Jamal Murray had a great game. Mm -hmm. Fourth quarter. But Landry Shamit his four three-pointers in the fourth quarter. And it was where you thought Phoenix was kind of pulling away. Here comes Denver back into the game. And it was one of those games, man, that will definitely go down in history just based mm -hmm. on Jokic doing what he did, Booker doing – Booker only took one shot in the fourth quarter. Let that sink in. And they still did what they did. So it's going to be interesting now they're going back to the altitude. Mm -hmm. And with all these minutes and these, now it's every other night. How does that impact the Phoenix Suns and their legs and their bench? Things like that where Denver being at home, now some of their role players should be stepping up being at home. This game five is going to be something else, man. And mm -hmm. The way these these four have been been so far has been a great series, and this is one where you wish those series that you wish were like the conference finals. KD and Booker is going to bring it again, and hope that like Ross or Shamit or somebody can or TJ Warren can do something off the bench and give them give them a little or Aiden even, mm -hmm. you know Aiden have a big game. But they need something, man, to get through going to Denver. There's going to be a raucous crowd up there in uh, Denver. Yeah, it is. I was staying in the Western Conference, Danny, where the Lake Lakers, man, 127-97 over the Warriors in game three. Uh, tonight's the big game. We'll see what happens with these Warriors. But, man, they're going to have to step up and uh, uh In that game three, LeBron started off a little slow, but man, he he uh, ended up doing pretty well. AD uh, played pretty well the whole game. Uh, 25 points, 13 rebounds for AD. You're going to see a different Warriors team than what you saw on Saturday night. I think this is going to be an extremely close game. Mm -hmm. uh, and I, I have a feeling Steph is going to do something special um, in this game as well. I mean, LA... The lights are, are going to be bright. They had a bad game. Yeah, I think this is going to be a very tight game. What say you about this game, Danny? As the world turns with Anthony Davis. <laughs> the Lakers go where he goes, man. If he brings his A game, they're, they're set. But you saw what happened in game two. And that consistency will definitely impact them. If he, if he doesn't have a great game, you got to look at, too, Poole's been struggling. He's one that I think Golden State needs to have a good game in order to beat L.A. Uh, Clay didn't have a great game last game. They, they're, you know, they're all – they actually started off fast. They were winning the game, and then L.A. went on – it was like a 30-8 to run that uh, closed the second quarter, which turned the tide of this uh, game and where the Lakers just dominated in the second half. But 
it's Anthony Davis, man, for me. If he he comes to play tonight, they're going to be tough to beat. And as long as the role players do what they need to do and stay consistent, uh, they should win. But you never know a Golden State and either team, because we talked about this before. These two teams in these playoffs have been so up and down where you have no idea which team is going to show up. Exactly. So you exactly. just got to watch and see who, who shows up and what happens. Yeah. And I believe that they put stats out there on AD and how he plays an odd number of games in a series versus even number of games in a series. Um, the projection is it is looking bad for him in game number four. <laughs> so we'll see what happens. Uh, like he said, as the world turns with AD. <laughs> and then he on to this Boston Celtics 76ers series and where the 76ers, man, they tied this uh, series up two games to two. They, they have leveled it. And 116-115 on a James Harden corner pocket three. Uh, and wow, this is going to be interesting here. I did not really expect this. I expected, quite honestly, maybe a 4-1 type situation uh, in Boston's favor. Uh, but it's 2-2 now. And this is going back to Boston uh, tied up. Uh, and so this is going to be a very good series, Danny. What say you? James Harden, man. He brought it. Games two and three, he was struggling after that explosive ex uh, performance in game one. And I think it was two – him getting used to Embiid being back on the court mm -hmm. and them kind of sinking back up. But Boston, I think their coach made a couple coaching mistakes. He didn't call some timeouts where he should have, and that's ended up going in OT, and then Philadelphia took it in OT. But for those who didn't see the game, Marcus Smart actually hit a shot with no time left but it was after the buzzer where Boston could have actually won the game. Uh, but they're going back home, and another team with Boston is so inconsistent where they, sh they should be taking care of Philadelphia, you would think. But that's why they play the game, and Philly, with James, if James Harden is playing like this, they're going to be tough to beat. Because that's that was for me unexpected. He's gonna be he would be scoring like this. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you. I was thinking like twenty. He would do twenty ten, but yep. he putting up forty. <laughs> that was something I did not expect out of him. So we'll see going back to Boston, man, and another series where, whoo, man, they're not disappointing. Put it like that. It's starting to become kind of ridiculous. Um, I will say. And looking at this race and watching it, this race was better than last year's Miami Grand Prix in that there were a lot more passes um, that happened uh, in this race. Uh, I think the attendance is, was way better. Well, I can't even say way better, but it was better. Um, there are estimates that 270,000 people attended uh, this race uh, for race, race weekend. Uh, which is about 30,000 more than last year's. So the popularity of this thing is is going through the roof here. Uh, 
I looked at the ticket prices. I think the ticket prices were a little bit cheaper than last year. I think mm -hmm. last year, because it was the inaugural Miami Grand Prix, the tickets were, the prices were a little bit inflated. Uh, but nonetheless, man, you have about 30,000 more people attending this one. So this is going to be uh, very interesting to see how this happens. It is a 10-year contract. There are talks about uh, this particular race uh, happening at night. Uh, I don't know how that would uh, go, quite honestly, with regards to just the time difference uh, uh, or what have you. But, man, that would be great. <laughs> Mm -hmm. uh, a night race. Um, so yeah, this, this Miami Grand Prix was was really interesting, Danny. But what's starting to become old is that Red Bull is just running away with this thing. Max Verstappen started uh, in the ninth position. He ends up winning a race, and they try to do something a little bit different too in Miami, and so. Uh, they they had the announcement of uh, the the drivers. Mm -hmm. uh, LL Cool J actually did the announcement while uh, Will I Am was con uh, conducting the orchestra uh, off of his new song with Lil Wayne. Um, so yeah, this this was a little bit different. Uh, and reading the article, it seemed like the drivers didn't necessarily care too much for the introductions. They would rather just go right into you know, the car and and start to drive, etc. Which I can understand. I mean, if you're in that mindset right before a game, right before a race, um, and you, you have a different mindset and you're not wanting to take another however long it takes, 10, 15, 20, 30 minutes, whatever, uh, to be introduced, uh, to be in the sun, uh, or whatever the case may be, I can understand that. I can respect it. Uh, Maybe personality clashes, whatever the case may be. I think it added a little flair in Miami. Um, they'll probably make some adjustments to it. Uh, probably keep the drivers in some shade, some type of shade before getting announced or whatever. Yeah. I kind of liked it. It added more flair to it, um, in my opinion. But uh, yeah, Danny, Formula One, it, it, with the popularity growing here in the state, they're going to continue to do stuff like this. Um, just to continue to draw in the crowd. I'm looking forward to the the numbers, uh, the uh, viewerships, but I think this is going to be bode well for Miami. It's going to bode well for Formula One here in the States. What say you about Formula One racing in Miami? Red Bull, Red Bull, Red Bull. Watching Verstappen handle the way he did, even like at the end when he passed Perez and went ahead and took, you know, took it. It's like you're looking at the cars and I know like there's stuff going on that happened last year and whatever, but even the handling of those Red Bull cars compared to the other cars, it's like night and day, like the way he was hitting those curves and doing what he was doing and eventually getting to, you know, first place. It's amazing. It's like old hat. Now where you see is like Red Bull, Red Bull. And then Alonzo. Third place again, Aston Martin. Sir Lewis Hamilton was in sixth. He kind of worked his way up towards the end of the race to get in that sixth spot. And his partner, Russell, came in fourth. So they need some drama. They need somebody to get in there and at least take second place and challenge them in, uh, in one of these upcoming races. I agree there. 
I'm not certain of when the wind tunnel penalty occurs here. Mm -hmm. I need to do some more research on that. Um, and this wind tunnel penalty was due to um, Red Bull going over the uh, what they consider the cap uh, in terms of spending. Uh, and so I don't know if it was this in general prior to the uh, season start or if it was something that was going to happen in the middle of the season. Uh, whatever, whenever it's taken, it, these other teams are going to have to really, really reconsider how their cars are are being made. The adjustments. Mm -hmm. I believe there's going to be a serious upgrade by Mercedes uh, here shortly. They need to do that quick, fast, and in a hurry um, if they wanted to continue to be uh, in contention here. Um, luckily, there's what about. 17 or so more races they want teams are really going to, have to start winning now in order to catch up with red bull because they're so far ahead right now so this is going to be interesting to see how this plays out and it's going to be interesting to see how the teammates perez and verstappen actually continue on here like i said i'm not a huge verstappen fan he is not the greatest teammate hmm. So I'm happy that Perez is actually winning some of has won a couple of these races. He he's in contention for the overall championship. Thank you for joining us at Bat Ports Talk Podcast. You can also join us on Twitter by tweeting us at back underscore podcast. For more information, you can go to our website, which is backporchtalkpodcast.com. You can also email us at backporchtalkpodcast at gmail.com. Again, thank you for joining us. And remember that there's enough hate in the world. So go ahead and spread a little love.